Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, since I'm an F the King, and we're here to talk about the NFL. How's you, King? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's the weekend again. It is indeed. This time it's your fault that we're <laughs> recording today. <laughs> yeah. Very busy, I hear. Super, super busy. I Actually, hear... technically not my fault, someone else's fault, but then my fault. Was that Vince McMahon's fault? Were you in secret talks? What, about the XFL? Yeah, that's what I've heard, is that you were... Yeah. They, they, want, me, for they want me to coach, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not make any picks, clearly. Yeah, what a week. Yeah. So, it's been a few days since we've had the AFC and NFC Championship games. Mm-hmm. So, the purpose of today's show is to break that down. Yes. And then, of course, we've got another week to wait until we have the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, our next podcast will really focus on the, the match-up there. Yeah, okay, I'm, not, so. I'm not really going to talk about the Pro Bowl at all. So. We're not going to talk about the Pro Bowl? No. No. Is that still a thing? Super Bowl special. Don't bother with the Pro Bowl, guys. No. All right. <laughs> no one else does. No. So, let's talk about the two games, the AFC and NFC Championship games. Which one do I do first, King? Because I don't really mind which one we go through. I don't mind either. Should, <laughs> should we do the Patriots? Should we Jags. do the AFC? Yeah. Patriots, Jags. We'll do the heartbreaker first, shall we? Yeah. What a game. Amazing game. What a game. We actually treated to a great game there. It was fantastic. Um classic cliched sporting phrase it was a game of two halves wasn't it the David versus Goliath yeah yeah yeah. got them all in there that's it and lo and behold the Jags had a 10 point lead going into the fourth quarter of this game they did that is not something we expected to hear no but of course no we live in the real world not in not in lands of fairy tales and and happy endings yeah (laughs) we we live in a world where and I, I keep saying this and I totally believe it yeah we live in a world where some people just have something special when a game is on the line mm-hmm. and it was like mr brady flipped a switch and went right i'm just gonna score whenever i want yeah and it was mad it was he was just torching them and and in the jacks to the jags credit that first half i've never seen a defense that good mm just as as a, in a game performance, I know it was only the first two quarters, but they were fast. They were aggressive. Yep. They were in his face, which you know yeah. any quarterback struggles with, but certainly a forty-year-old one uh, who's not who's never been mobile really. No. Um, it was. I oh, was just so impressed. I like defense, so I think from a from a fan's perspective, it was um, it was fantastic if you appreciate that side of the ball. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was brilliant, and what a game! What a game as well that. Uh, Bortles had which I don't think he played the best game that Bortles could play yeah really. I think it's the best game I have ever seen Bortles play if you look at it 23 of 36 for 293 yards uh, one touchdown no interceptions again yep. which is great for Bortles mm-hmm. considering what he's famous for yeah absolutely um, he averaged 8.1 yards a, a throw more than Brady mm-hmm. um, third down conversions Jacksonville had 6 of 15 that's 40% conversion rate New England had three or twelve. That was twenty-three. Sorry, twenty-five percent yep. conversion rate. So, and it's mostly due, like I said, that first half they shut them down. They got them on three and outs. They they did. That's what we got to do with the, the Patriots. You've got to slow down the scoring. Yeah. Well, you look at the time in possession: thirty-five minutes for the Jaguars and, yep. and just under twenty-five for the uh, for the Patriots. Like mm-hmm. that. That is exactly the game they needed to play. Yeah. Getting Brady's face, which they did do. Eat up the clock with their run game, which they did do, and mm-hmm. balls not to turn the ball over. So actually, if you'd have given them twenty points and well, if you'd have given them a fourth quarter lead, I think they'd have taken it. <laughs> but if you'd have said right, you're gonna have thirty five minutes of possession, balls isn't gonna throw an interception, 
and your defence is going to hold Brady to under 25 points, what do you think is going to happen? I think they probably would have gone, actually, we fancy our chances. Well, everyone fancied their chances. Yeah. I there, were, there were a lot of nervous uh, Patriot fans out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I was The first half, I was a bit like, oh my God, they're going to stifle them. This is amazing. You mm. know, and I, I mentioned it last week. If there's one defence that was going to do it, it would have been theirs. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Eagles showed, showed us some things, which we'll touch on later. But, um, yeah, they, they, they played the game they needed to play. Um, it just looked... Obviously, you, you still think about the Super Bowl last year. And you have these memories, of, yes, <laughs> and and just his his fourth quarter play in general mm. is fantastic. You know, even against the Seahawks when they won, drove them up. Even the season before, I think they uh, he had a long drive, got them uh, got them in the lead, and then the the Seahawks managed to go back and win the game. So it was it was Brady's done what he needs to do every yeah. time in the fourth quarter. I never doubt him in that, but he just had that that look in his eye. I was like, oh no. And that first drive as well, that, that second, right at the end of the second quarter to get themselves back into the game, that was hugely yeah. important for them. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, I think they'd have just been that far out of touch. Yeah, they did get that touchdown before half, just before half time. Yeah, that would have been a school of second quarter for them. Yeah. Three points overall, that would have been real tough to, to claw back against that kind of defence. Especially one that's eating up the clock like they were. Mm. Well, offensively they were. Yeah. Amazing. Sacks as well, two for Dante Fowler, one for Marcel Darius. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the New England side, there were sacks for Kyle Van Noy, Lawrence Guy, and Alan Butler. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the uh, the standout performances. Let's start with the Jags, mm-hmm. uh, and let's talk about uh, Leonard Fournette. Great game for Leonard. We were worried about his ankle before the game. Yep. Um, he'd been in the car crash at the start of the week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not serious, thankfully. Yep. But uh, 76 yards and a, a rushing touchdown. And another 13 yards on the receiving. Yeah. Um, and that touchdown as well, when he kind of picked up Kyle Van Noy and drove him into the end zone. Yeah, that, that was, was amazing. Yeah, that was a good play. Yeah, he didn't look like a rookie in that play. It was no. That was uh, very impressive. Um, yeah, it wasn't a flashy performance. No big, long, sort of breaking runs. I think his long was 14 on the game. But he, um, yeah, he, he played smash mouth downhill football, which, which as we said, ate the clock up, which is what they needed. Um, and he got key first downs. So yes. it was, um, you know, that 40% conversion you touched on at the beginning is, mm-hmm. you know, is telling. Um, you know, Bortles did have a good game, but Fournette was clutch when he needed to be. Mm. Um, got those key yards, even though there was, you know, short yardage situations, he still managed to get there. Yeah. Um, just incredibly powerful for a, for a rookie running back. Um, yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, we touched on Bortles. Yeah. I think... A couple, the, a couple of uh, quick moves there by Corey Grant as well, the third down running back. Yes, um, he managed to break a couple there, which uh, yeah. really helped them out. Screen passes, half. wasn't it? Yeah, I think he had a 24-yard screen pass, Yeah, um, which was... Yeah, he was... They've got balance, which is nice to see. Um, you know, and I, I I think that you can't put you can't put this one on Bortles at all, which I no. think people, they ha- people have done previously. Um, and of course, the other worry was that he would only be throwing the short pass, but he, Alan Hearns caught six of seven for 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the it was a very good, very good performance by Alan Hearns there. Yeah, it was absolutely. I think everyone played out their skin. Mm. You know, at this point in the season, you're going to get the best teams, um, and certainly, certainly the Patriots. I know that um, they can be frustratingly good, but it's um, <laughs> they're just well coached. They change. You know, yeah. they they're the team that has the best capacity to change game plans during the game. Yeah, uh, and that was you know that was telling in this in you know and, and showed in in this performance. But 
for the Jags to go there, inexperienced from a playoff standpoint, incredibly mm. young, and and put on a showing like that, and everyone perform on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just immensely impressive, which was why it was so heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, for, an, for you know, for a neutral watching this. Yeah, watching this, it was, um, you know, they couldn't have played better. I don't think than they they did. Well, something must have broken down for them a little bit in the fourth quarter. You know, to, for the the Patriots to put up fourteen points in that last quarter. Yep. It uh, of course is. I'm not going to take any away from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We are going to start waxing lyrical about them in a second. Mm-hmm. But you have to say that may what happened for the defense there when they went away from what was getting them to stops earlier on. Yeah, I think the Gronk injury actually hindered them because I think they had a game plan centered around him. Obviously, mm. Ramsey was had him locked up. Yeah, um, and he then, missed twenty one yards in the game before on yeah. one catch. And then um, you know, and he absolutely got drilled that catch as well. Ramsey smashed him. Yeah, um, but he managed to hold on. But it was, I think that sort of threw their game plan out the window. Well, then you've got the best cornerback in the game, or one of two, one yeah. A or one, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to look at. He um, then all of a sudden he's got a free, free receiver. But Cooks had Cooks had a great game, but a boy was on. Clearly, the game plan was um, a boy to to cover Cooks. Yeah, um, and he got torched a few times. Um, and not only got torched in the actual pass game, but a couple of real key pass interference calls against went against him. Oh yeah. But um, and I think they I, they were legit actually watching them. Do One you? hand around the throat. Oh, of course you don't. I saw a couple of fifty fifties there. Uh, I think AJ the one... Boy was a bit upset with that that one where he ran out of bounds. It's like, well, what more can I do? He was he was on me all the way down there. Yeah, no, that one I agree with. There was one when he had his arm around his throat though. He had well, to give that. I'm not, not talking about that. You one. have to give that. Yeah, maybe the the out of bounds. But I thought they were legit to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think then then Ramsey was sort of lost almost. You sort of okay. haven't then utilized your key player. Um, the big change as well, they were driving the ball down the field, um, not necessarily throwing it there, but um, the routes, the route concepts they went for weren't out routes, they weren't crossing routes, it tended to be deeper routes with Hogan, mm. um, Cooks as well, he was burning them. Um, yeah, started, 100 yards in the game on six, just six receptions. Yeah, and actually those two pass, pass interferences were about 50 yards each, or yeah. counted for about 50 yards each as well, so it was, um, you know, they started put, um, stretching their defence, and I think that... That was the key change, really. I think that was the difference between the first and second um, halves. Okay. But then you'd hope that someone of Ramsey's calibre would be able to then spot that Amendola was now the target man and adjust accordingly. Yeah, they're really tough to cover because it's not... The way that the Patriots run Edelman or, or in this case, Amendola, um, typically is is based on coverage. So it's, it, it's where they release. It's not a pre-planned route concept it's not right in then you know eight yards hook it to the left yeah um you know um stopping the coverage um find the gap in the zone it tends to be right where are they where's their leverage if they're on the left you're breaking right if they're on the right you're breaking left if they you know if they're playing man use a go route so mm-hmm. it's quite fluid it's reactive to the defense. yeah yeah to the defense so it's not it's not you can watch film and go right okay I'm pretty sure this is going to be a sluggo seam or mm-hmm. you know this is going to be an out concept this is it's it's completely freelance um, it's playground football isn't it it is it is and that's why it, it's such an intriguing offence to play it's not necessarily flashy but it's so hard to defend because it it just has this fluidity that no one else really has mm. um, and especially when you've got players like Edelman and, and Amendola who are incredibly experienced as well so they have you know, and they're savvy. They've got the ability to read defenses as well as the quarterbacks do. Yeah. Um, so that's what makes it difficult. But yeah, no, Ramsey. Ramsey had a good game. 
No, I'm not saying he, um, he didn't. I'm just saying just, that yeah, it's tough. 14 points are 14 points. Yeah, and absolutely. They managed to stop him all the way before that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Amandola, 84 yards on the game, two touchdowns, and mm-hmm. they were crucial touchdowns as well. To get his leg in, his, uh, his left leg down on that, that winning touchdown. Yeah, brilliant catch. Brilliant just catch. to know where you are on the field, because yeah. naturally you would have just fallen out of bounds, but yeah. he managed to somehow, beyond physics, get his leg in as well. Yeah, and so, his knee was just only inches off the floor at that point as well, yeah. when he actually got his leg down. He was at such an angle. Just a savvy veteran player, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, James White as well. Uh, a touchdown for him on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's fairly underrated, isn't he, James White? He are, are we just like overrating him because of the... I don't know what happens here, but he just gets the touchdowns. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's now become a... a, a commonly used phrase and I think to the detriment of James White yeah uh, you know and Dion Lewis as well is people always say that the Patriots don't because they don't really care about having like a marquee running back yeah you kind of think by association you think well they're, they're just not that good mm. but they are that, yeah. <laughs> that good yeah they just were undrafted or late round div two schools yeah um, so yeah it's um it's quite interesting. I think it's just sort of death by association, really. No, that's a good point. But yeah, because th- that is your phrase, though, isn't it? They don't, you know, the Patriots don't care about having a, having a running back. Well, yeah, in the top twenty, you wouldn't yeah. count James White. No, but somehow when he gets down to about the four yard line, they line up like, oh, James White's going to score a touchdown. Isn't yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just his vision. He seems to pick the right crease. Like it's um, you know, which which when you're in those situations, certainly goal line red zone as well, that's that's incredibly important. Mm. Um, we talked about Fournette getting the, the key yardage when it was on third down um, for conversions. But yeah, White's, you know, similarly as, similarly as potent, but but in the red zone. So yeah, it's, um, they've just got a nice balance between the two of them. After the game, you saw uh, Belichick kind of just hand off the, <laughs> the trophy. Mm. He's clearly not interested in no. the AFC trophy, which it, is it, which exactly is... what you want to see from your own head coach. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing yeah it's um, it's we had a similar thing uh, you know I know you're not a massive sort of English football fan but no um, there was a similar thing with um, Jose Mourinho when he won the Champions League he threw his medal into the crowd and they asked him why he did it and he said well I'll get another one it's just that thing <laughs> it's that that arrogance and of like right this isn't what I'm here for or yeah. this isn't this isn't where this ends like this there's there's more to this and it's um I, I like that sort of arrogance and drive and, you know, and, and having a goal and really sticking to it. I actually, I think that's, and it's infectious within mm. that locker room. They'd have seen that and been like, right, okay. Yeah. This, you know, yeah, that's, this isn't enough rather than, you know, you're celebrating, you you know, and, and they have every right to, it's, it's to get to this point in this, you know, to get, even to get to the Super Bowl is, you know, hugely impressive, but. Yeah, it should be a massive achievement yeah. that, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> I know that. They don't know that. Well, no, because they do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Although I did read a stat that him and Nick Saban have never won Well, we the retweeted that on the same year. I, do, I, I don't know if we did, did we? Oh, we did retweet Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you think, um, well, by that standard then, do you think that Bill Belichick's going to break his gentleman's agreement? And uh, What, him and Saban? Yeah. We can't be that good. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> the Sith powers. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk We've got to about bring that balance later. to that force. Bring balance to the force, mate. If, Sab- if Saban wins it, we can't have <laughs> Belichick winning it as well no. in the same, same season. They shouldn't have won it, either Alabama. Change quarterback. Dark things happen, like the XFL gets gets born if that happens. I know. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, yeah. reborn, <laughs> <laughs> a new hope. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, it was amazing. Obviously, Brady's just unreal. His his ability in the fourth quarters. That was, hand was a load of. What? Come on, there was clearly nothing wrong with his hand, was there? Well, you could see the cut afterwards. There was a photo that came <sighs> out of it. Whatever. It was um. It's one of the things. I think it just went over a was vein. It even his so hand. It just bled. I think it just handgate. Ble- yeah, I think it just bled a lot. I don't think it was necessarily that. He looks bad. like a bleeder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously cooks. Cooks, we need to mention because. 31 Didn't yard we catch, cooks? 100 yards receiving. Yeah. And obviously the two calls. That's what killed the Jags. Because did you see well, the, the penalties Jack pop up in the fourth the, quarter? the real killer, wasn't it, right? Which one? When Miles Jack stripped Deion Lewis and then they blew the play dead yeah. rather than let him score a pick six. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, that's... Uh... Yeah, it was. If they're going to give it as a turnover, you can't blow the whistle. That was a ba- That was bad refereeing. Yeah. That's not a conspiracy, though, against the Patriots. That's just... <laughs> it doesn't it help when those refereeing. photos come out of the refs laughing in the end zone with them. Or yeah, the yeah, first cause... person to congratulate Tom Brady was one of the referees. Yeah. Not then... a teammate. No. Not a coach. This, one of the they're referees. not helping themselves, are they? With no, this? they're not. No, they're not. I kind of get it. If you're in the league and you're a ref for 10 years, you, you see you know Brady's been there the whole time you've been there so you kind of build this rapport with them. But, but you shouldn't. Don't be celebrating. You Going after build, the you game. You shouldn't build a rapport with them. I don't have an I issue with that. I don't agree with that. I don't have an issue with that. Look, it colours you subconsciously whether you want to or not you will have certain feelings towards players that you know, you're more familiar with yeah you but see players, all, know, you players see players do that on purpose of course they do yeah but you should be above that a referee should be impartial completely they should have no contact with the players oh yeah maybe maybe that would make it the game better because but. you see these refs they've been there for 20 odd years haven't they now yeah. you know, they've got the old, old folios running around yeah but you see on the the mic'd up stuff, them talking to all the players and coaches and stuff. Yeah, but um, I'm saying they shouldn't. Okay, okay, okay. This is not helping the reputation of the game. No, that Miles because Jack whether and... it's true or not, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people were very angry with the, the outcomes of those photos and the and the film clips. Yeah, because that was the refs that was... aren't supposed to be doing that kind of thing. No, and that was a bad call. Going back to the play, it was um, it was what a, a brilliant play from Jack. Some controversy whether it was actually a fumble or not because it's. It got it's, loose in his hand, didn't it? It did get loose, but it's still... He had it pressed against his body, so it's like there's there's that ambiguity. I, I actually think I didn't mind if it went either way, because I kind of... The rule states if he's not in, doesn't have control, mm. but then if... They couldn't overturn it, because there wasn't definitive evidence either way, but if they wouldn't have called it a fumble, well, I don't think I'd have been annoyed either. Do you know what I mean? I, I could see them calling it back and saying, yeah, it's, it's fine, it's New England. Yeah. But, um, and that, of course, then sent the conspiracy theorists out again. Yeah, that would have been, but, that would have been funny. But the problem is that it, it was a fumble. If Jesse James ain't catching a, a touchdown, yeah. then that as soon as it's moved in your hand, mm-hmm. you've lost complete control of it. Mm-hmm. So it is a fumble. It, was, it was recovered. Off a, it was off a run, though, as well, wasn't it? So yeah. it's not... Yeah. So he's a runner, so it's fine. Yeah. Jack has picked up the ball untouched and was on his way to run it in for a touchdown. He was. He was. If I was Miles Jack, why don't you just keep running? We've seen it before where you then make them make a decision afterwards. Yeah, if they've blown it dead though, they'd have just to stop keep the play. Going. They'd have to stop the play because in theory, New England could say they their we defenders stopped. stopped you. They had to stop that play, which is why he knew and he got so frustrated. But yeah. Yeah, it was a bad call from the ref, bit trigger happy. I'd rather them just not blow until they know. It's, it's not like that wasn't a play where anyone was it going to get injured or anything no. yeah, obviously it's it was a run back mm-hmm. situation um, but his injury as well talking about Jack um, didn't help him in the fourth quarter because he's no he's been fantastic and Darius season. was out as well for that last drive as well so yeah. 
Just yeah. made it a little bit more obvious that it was going to be a touchdown in that drive. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's really the, the heartbreaking bit, you know, not just to beat up on the Patriots, but it is that for the majority of the game, I'd say that Jacksonville were the better team. Yeah, I agree. They dominated three quarters. Yeah. yeah. That's not unfair to say, is it? No, no. There's obviously a couple of drives that that Brady looked dominant, mm. um, and it was just Brady looking dominant. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, besides, besides that, which you're never going to stop, he's that good, but... Yeah, besides that, they absolutely dominated the game. It was, mm. it was incredible to watch. There we go. I've got nothing else to say about this game. No, chin up, Jags, because that was you yeah. had a fantastic season. Well, maybe, I, mean, I don't mean that in a condescending way either like that. So you should be really proud of it. Is, is this the season then where they get the belief that next season they can actually do it? Because for so many years, the Jags have had that stink of them that, okay, they lose games. This was the first season when they had a proper winning season. Yeah. And they actually believed they could win game tight games. And they did win tight games. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you know you you do see that progression. Is it going to be easier for them next year? I I I don't I I don't know if it would be easier because it's a tough league and and you know do we expect to see three of these four teams in the championship game? Like it's a, it's it does fluctuate. The league yeah, fluctuates yeah. massively, so you don't know where everyone else is going to be. But I think that you can't say it's going to be a hindrance. Like it's just having that playoff exposure is going to help a young team dramatically. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're in a division where, frankly, there is one dominant team There has been for the last five years. Um, but that dominant team is being led by a quarterback who's 40 years old. So what I would take solace in is we were really close to being <laughs> probably the best quarterback ever. Mm. Um, but he's going to be gone in a couple of years. And <laughs> well, we're, maybe. And we are so young. <laughs> So yeah. it's, um, that that I kind of take, you know, you get that close. He's going to age. He's obviously, you know, what is it? What time is undefeated? Whatever it is, I don't know. What yeah, time. Is. Yeah, yeah. So time's um, undefeated. Yeah, I um, I'd say if you know he's forty, he's going to be forty-one next year. He will. So you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a four-point swing in the other direction. Yeah, maybe one day we'll uh, get to watch the Patriots, not with Tom Brady under centre. Yeah, what's mad is they'd have had a Garoppolo as well if they'd. Have, Ooh. Can you imagine? Mmm. No, because that would have been annoying because the Patriots would have oh, yeah, been another would, yeah. 10 years. Another 10 years. <laughs> oh. They can go back to being famous what they're famous for. You know? Clam chowder and domestic violence. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Okay. 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 I'm just saying, they were a long Mark time Wahlberg. in the wilderness. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mark Patriots. Wahlberg. You can say what you say. <laughs> <laughs> bring bring Tebow back. Only kidding. Um, do you want to take a break then, King? And then we'll come back for part two and do yeah. the other game? Let's do it. Cool. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. This is the championship recap show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've just recapped one of the championship games there, King. The AFC championship. Where the New England Patriots shockingly made it through to the Super Bowl. Um rare that happens but there you go before we talk about the NFC game yep I would like to talk about some coaching changes because obviously there are a lot of teams that are already looking for next year and yep. have booted out coaches that were shucky mm-hmm. and have just tried to install play, uh, coaches that aren't so sucky so I want to start with the uh, the hot name which was Panthers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes yep is now the new Arizona head coach yeah I like that move uh, he may also take linebacker. Well, I think he has taken linebacker coach Al Holcomb as the defensive coordinator there. 
Yeah, I'm not mad at that either because if there's one thing that's been fairly consistent over the last four or five years is that Carolina have had the best linebacking core in the in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although to be fair, I'm pretty sure Luke Keekley could coach them. <laughs> so yeah, we'll find out if Steve Wilkes is the the real deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, that then moves on has an effect on the next one, which is that Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is the 14th New York Giants head coach. And it affects it because the defensive coordinator, James Betcher, moves from Arizona to be the defensive coordinator okay. over there. Cool. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. Because uh, Pat Sherman was obviously waiting to get uh, <laughs> to get to the next season. He, he was, was definitely going to be moving on as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. But um, he's got quite a good reputation. He does, yeah. And I think that... You know, obviously Ben McAdoo had a good reputation for the wrong reasons mm. as a coordinator but Shermer seems to be working well with what he has at yes. least in Minnesota yeah so I agree I agree yeah and no, I think that's a, it, both of those are, are solid pickups to be fair I think that you know teams are being wise in, in who they're selecting they're looking at specifics so that's absolutely a factor obviously they've this the with Carolina they've got talent there but it's mainly up front and they've still got a solid defence so yeah I totally understand that yeah um, you know they kept them in games they, they led them to a Super Bowl in, in recent years under his watch um, you know and with, from Shermer's perspective got some talented wideouts mm. got a solid running back but you know what is probably a middle of the road quarterback who had a very good year um, you know and, it, and they're pretty dynamic actually offensively they're, they're creative got a top five or six tight end as well yeah absolutely well yeah they've got good, they've got some good players but they are they are creative they are you know they look they look galvanised as a unit as well which is massively mm. important There's, they're, they're, they don't I don't look at that team and they don't scream ego um, and I think that's no. important uh, um, you know if you can be a coach that doesn't you know doesn't seem to suffer divas um, you know I think that's, he'll do well with Odell Beckham Jr then won't he well yeah this is true but <laughs> It's, um, He'll be on that boat. <laughs> I I think that will help him, frankly. Yeah? Okay. Um, I think he takes. He's similar to Des Bryant, I think. Yeah, he's a bit of a diva. He, I think he's just got a bit of a funny sense of humour, but he, and but he's just so passionate about the game. He doesn't like to lose. Um, you know, he wants to win every time, and and you kind of need to have that ego of why well, I just need the ball more, and I, you know we're gonna win. So I don't. I think that he ca- he causes some controversy. I don't actually think Odell Beckham's that bad. <laughs> I think he just does some stupid stuff mm. because he's he's just got a bit of a sense of humour. But I think yeah. if you can rein that into some extent, if he had his talent with Larry Fitzgerald's mentality, <laughs> he might be the best receiver that I've ever seen. It's, yeah. it, you know, he's up there with Jerry Rice. The problem is he's not. Jerry Rice no. just you know Jerry Rice is that guy again. You catch the ball, you give it to the ref, you he go back machine, and line up. Yeah. So um, I you know maybe that'll ha- maybe that'll actually um you know assist in development of, of what is one of the most dynamic players in the league at the moment mm. I like both those choices they are actually. good moves they are good moves yeah so best of luck to both of those mm-hmm. and also Texans defensive coordinator Mike Vrabel is the new Titans head coach yep so that's a big move for the Titans obviously they got rid of Malarkey despite the playoff appearance mm-hmm. and playoff win um, and def- Texans defensive coordinators Pretty solid, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it's been solid for a f- good few years now. Of course, it does mean that uh, he's moving in his own staff. So, out goes offensive coordinator Terry Rubisky and defensive coordinator legend Dick LeBeau. Yes, and he's... It's interesting, though, that he's moved... 
within his division. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm the Texans, I'm not massively happy about that. Yeah. I like the move from the Titans' perspective, but I like the move because they're also hindering one of their competition. But yeah. unless they know something about Vrabel, that <laughs> yeah, possibly. But um, yeah, if you're if you're the Texans, I'd be a little bit peeved. I think. Well, good luck trying to stop Deshaun Watson next year. Anyway, you know, you're gonna yeah. need all the inside secrets you got, really. To, yeah, he's a bit of a beast to isn't stop he? that. Yeah, I can't wait to see him in the Browns. Oh no. In a what? In a Browns? In a Browns outfit. Uniform. Outfit? <laughs> Brownies outfit. Um, Browns uniform. It was a joke, Jim. You've uh, you've ruined it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Sean Watson next year. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking to the Browns. Yeah. They've only gone and hired Todd Haley as their offensive coordinator. What? Oh, yeah. What? Talking about in-division uh, moving. Yeah, we go. So are you, are you qu- quaking in your boots? Uh, yeah, massively. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> so, yeah, Todd Haley has... Uh, obviously, we talked last week that he'd been fired mm-hmm. by... Uh, well... By, by Mike Tomlin, I guess, first of all. You assume so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they'd they'd moved up Randy Fickner as the uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's best friend. I was going to say, they can't even be in the same room with a name like Randy Fickner him and Ben the <laughs> antics they should go up to when they're out that is slanderous and, what do you mean uh, slanderous I'm just you know poker or play poker yeah yeah okay. <laughs> you will, will leave you over there with that comment yeah so yeah the Browns have picked up Todd Haley as defensive coordinator yeah um, Hugh Jackson's very happy about this mm-hmm. obviously it means that he can um, pass off responsibility I mean uh, play calling yeah um, he can develop their quarterback. Um. Yeah. He's doing all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's it's better than not having someone there. I guess so. It's better if than having Hugh Jackson like that, calling the plays. You can't argue with that. You know, that's, that <laughs> logic's fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's a good coach. He just obviously clashed with, uh, with big old Ben. That- yeah, it was just a personality thing, I think, between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and Ben like winners. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. I had your team's back for one. Hey, I'm I'm in shock actually. There you, <laughs> you go. Said that. Okay. Uh, of course, there are some losers out of this because obviously not everyone can get hired, and so Matt Lafleur, no job for Matt. No, that's bad. And another Matt, Matt Patricia. Is he was he was being interviewed around these jobs, especially the Giants. He was the yeah. the favourite a couple of weeks ago, but yep. Yeah. Well, that's that position's been filled. So, are there any other vacancies? Well, we've still got the Indianapolis job, but they think that Josh McDaniels is a shoe in for that one. Yeah. So, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't right. think there's anywhere left for Patricia to go after. And he's <laughs> not going with McDaniels because there's no way no. you're both coordinators <laughs> now he's your boss. No, that'd be cool if they both went together. Though. I don't think McDaniels wants him. No, I th- I'm intrigued to see what he does with Andrew Luck if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I think that'd be. Pr- Yes, yeah, I'm not quite sure why that's such an attractive spot for McDaniel's to go to. If Luck's not available, yeah, I think. Well, I think no. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't really know. To be honest with you, um, it just seems like it's, it's a done same, deal. It's in the same conference as well as Belichick, so I'm a bit shocked um, he'd do that. I think yeah. that I, I, I thought they'd have a gentleman's agreement that he wouldn't go there, <laughs> like he has with Saban. Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's he might be about to break that gentleman's agreement. Yeah, and maybe they just watched the, the championship game and realised that Blake Bortles was torturing a 
Matt Patricia defense. <laughs> yeah. And then Belichick went, no, seriously, you need to lock this up now. And then suddenly come out and play quite well. But it was... Um, That's your theory on it, isn't it? That Matt Patricia is just like, what, a ventriloquist dummy or something? No, like, I, don't, I don't... It's not a theory like that. I just think that he's given free reign... And then when it starts going wrong, Belichick's just winds him in. <laughs> it's like the dad that comes outside yeah. and goes, all right, that's it, I'm taking over now. He goes, simplify it, stop trying to be creative. Let's just do this. Mm. Whereas with McDaniels, he goes, we're behind, throw a trick pre- play, which annoyingly worked until Miles Jack made an absolute immense yeah, play. it was working. That yeah. was a brilliant play, actually. <laughs> but um, they did that a couple of years ago, didn't they, with the, against the Ravens in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that he gets wound in a little bit. Um and he looked frustrated, whereas there's an, a sense of maturity, I think, with um, with McDaniels. That, that, that's sort of why, I, I, if I had to choose between the two of them as a the next head coach, I'd, I'd 100% go with Daniels. Yeah. Or McDaniels. Rather. McDaniels. I did say, I corrected myself immediately. It's about Scottish heritage. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, there's no other um, coaching moves, I don't think, King, unless you've had any updates. No, I haven't, no. No, no one else. Okay, excellent. So let's talk about the other big game. Okay. That was the NFC Championship matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Yep. Winner goes home or mm-hmm. goes to Minnesota, depending on who wins it. And yeah, the fairy tale died for, for Minnesota quite horrifically in this game. Yeah. And it all started so well for them, though. They drove 75 yards on nine plays on their first one. Every play finished with a positive gain, and they capped it when Carl Rudolph had caught a beautifully weighted pass to the back pylon. For a twenty-five yard score as well, yeah, and it all looked like uh, a continuation of the Minnesota miracle. It did, and then of course uh, turned and into a nightmare. And then of course that was it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, the then game over. Uh, back up. <laughs> well, let's let's be fair. Then the first Eagles drive, you know, didn't result in any score. No. Nope. So then the Vikings get it back again, mm-hmm. and they throw a pick six, fifty yards. Patrick Robinson, yeah, run back. Yeah, just and he ran. I think I almost think he touched every blade of grass on that run back. Yeah, he did cut across field, didn't he? Yeah, which uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's a good, good play. <laughs> He's good quick play enough. If you're quick enough, you can do that. That's it. And and from there, it all just kind of the air went out of the ball. Not to you know, cast aspersions on anyone. You make an accusation. Not saying anything about the the cousins on the other side. Have they, uh, you know. <laughs> they employed the guy who did Brady's balls? Oh <laughs> shit. I didn't say anything. I'm just saying that something happened to the the Vikings. Seemed to visibly lose air out of all their players. They did. It was strange. The the one standout they had offensively was McKinnon. Yes, he had a good game. I think he it was, did. You know, on both sides, forty yards rushing, eighty six yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, Eleven out of twelve catches as well. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, you know, Diggs put up some numbers which we expect, but they just turned the ball over too too many times. I think they had three turnovers in total. I think two interceptions and a fumble lost by. By um, Case Keenan? There were three turnovers, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, and they just couldn't stop them on third down as well. That was one of the key stats. We talked about 40% being pretty high for the for the Jags, so that was quite mm. impressive. But, you know, actually the Vikings were on, were 46%. The annoying yeah. thing was the Eagles were at 71. <laughs> That's right. So if you can't stop them, they're going to keep scoring. It was such a kind of turnaround for the Vikings because going into that game, they had the league's they had the league's best record at stopping third down conversions and the third best at converting third downs. Yeah. So this was a massive switch up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't have been expecting to give up those kind of numbers, but the defense just didn't seem to be there at all. No. It, anything that Philadelphia tried seemed to come off, yeah, basically. Short, medium, deep uh, deep passes, they all just seemed to get caught. Yeah. When Nick Foles came in, did you expect, you know, he, he's, he's known for not really turning the ball over. 
He's good yeah. for that, which is yeah. which is kind of what you want. We said he's the perfect person. He's to very Alex Smithy. He is Alex Smithy. Does this sound like Nick Foles to you? Let's go. Twenty six of thirty three. No, three hundred and fifty two <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. Mm. Is that what you expected from Foles when you came in? A quarterback rating of one hundred and forty one point four. Yeah, he killed it. Absolutely killed it. To put that in perspective, Brady got one hundred and eight point four. Yeah. Bortles got 98.5 in one of his best games of his life. And Case Keenum got 63.8 on yep. that rating. Yep. And guess what? They've got a great tight end. Jeffrey's committed long term. Oh, he Zach Ertz is amazing. Oh, he's brilliant. But Jeffrey, no, don't scoff at Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not. <laughs> 85 yards on five catches, two touchdowns. They just all performed well. Ajay had 73 yards rushing. Blunt is a bit of a change-up, 21 yards. Yeah. They're just balanced on offense, and Foles was just torching them. And, uh, yeah, we didn't... I absolutely didn't expect that from the Vikings defense. It's, um, you know, you kind of... You you disregard Foles to some extent because he's a backup, but, you know, he had a couple of legit seasons. He wasn't always a backup, was he? No. He was a starter who had the best touchdown-to-turnover ratio in in a season for Mm -hmm. the Eagles. Yeah. So he was used to there. He actually came back to the Eagles from, you know... Put, trying to push for a starting job um, elsewhere um, but you know he's come back to where he was obviously feels more comfortable um, which I like well I now Chip that's... Kelly wasn't there to uh, to force him out yeah <laughs> this is it yeah but um, yeah I like that he did that he's obviously comfortable he's, he's playing with a, a sort of swagger and confidence which you know which, which is, is good to see from Eagles the Eagles sort of perspective but they just they weren't they created turnovers, which is huge, 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 huge. They didn't particularly put Case Keenum under pressure. I think they had one sack in total, yep. which was Derek Barnett. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It but wasn't that was a dominating that, performance up front. But that was a strip sack rumble recovery by Chris Long after it that. was. So, yeah, yeah. So it's a pretty <laughs> it was. Sack. It was an important sack. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, but they weren't. They weren't in his face massively no they just were very good at everything they they pushed the pocket so that he was uncomfortable but he wasn't necessarily pressured. under pressure yeah he was he felt pressure but not he wasn't yeah. under duress yeah, yeah, yeah but it was um you know solid defensively the coverage was brilliant mm. you know they got torched by a couple of guys but you know that's going to happen in a in a in a game of this magnitude um and they stifled the run you know their linebacking core stepped up and made tackles when they needed to it was just a dominating performance from the eagles yeah. in all phases um, you know and also obviously to to turn those sacks into ter- well that one sack into a turnover is, is is key but also to turn that interception into a pick six is yeah was um, you know they, they when they had opportunities to do that they, they took their chances yeah and of course the, the scoring was low for Minnesota because they were so far down they had to go for it on fourth down mm-hmm. um, it resulted in them having 0 of 3 red zone trips so they converted none of their three times they were down there because they were going for touchdowns rather than setting for field goals. Uh, Philadelphia were 2-2 two two on their um, red zone attempts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the other really good play was Corey Graham on that second interception for Philadelphia. Again, it was Minnesota in the red zone. They were driving for a touchdown. They had to throw it. And Ronald Darby gets in there, breaks up the, the pass to Thielen, and then Corey Graham's there to jump on it yeah. and actually, you know, complete the interception yeah that was a great play right so any that's why the, the score is so lopsided is because Minnesota had to keep going for it yeah, yeah. and and Philadelphia had the answer every single time oh, yeah they did they played they played an excellent game of football 
That was uh, it's a shame because we talked, we touched on the first game and we said about the Jags, you know, yeah. and held their heads up that they played the perfect game that they needed to play. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, got beaten by the best of all time. Yeah. In this instance, we have one team that played the best game they could have played, mm-hmm. and the, another team just couldn't show up. Couldn't. Well, they did, they showed up, but they just you know they weren't they, converting. They weren't converting. Chances. Absolutely, absolutely, and that was the difference. That's why it's there's such a disparity in the score. Um, you know, which is unfortunate because we'd have had two, t- all four teams turn up. Which obviously the mm-hmm. Patriots did second half. Yeah, Jags did for th- probably three, three quarters. quarters. Um, so that was what made that game so entertaining. But yeah, the Eagles were just dominant from start to finish. Obviously, besides that first, you know, that first drive for the Vikings. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of there's not as many talking points in this because it was just pure domination. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I yes, there weren't as many talking points. Not at least for the game, anyway. It, no. It was a real shame. And you've got to think about how close Minnesota were to going back home to play in their, their Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know. And what that... they put the fans through after the, the last second against the Saints mm-hmm. a week ago. And then yeah. to come out and put that kind of performance in just doesn't sit right, does it? It feels like we've, we've, we haven't got what we expected. No, I feel like it, it, from that perspective, the Jags. Patriots game was so entertaining. This was still enjoyable because it was just you know it's, if you're it's, a Philly fan, it, yeah. If you're a Philly fan, <laughs> they just played a great game, so I enjoyed watching them play. But yes, I can't help but feel shortchanged following the, the first game where I was like edge of my seat, screaming, "I can't believe this has happened!" Yeah, it's back and forth it's, on drives. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, and they had chances the the Jags t- to then sort of watch this game later and be like. Go on, we could have done that. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> better, I could have gone there and maybe scored seven points. Yeah. Um, it was kind of I felt a bit of short change because I was I was kind of you know it's it's my own fault I I hyped up that weekend following the first game was like yeah. oh no you've um, that's not as it's just not <laughs> as enjoyable to watch one team getting dominated by another team especially at this point in the season no but good for the obviously good for the Eagles great season for the Vikings you know with w- what was essentially at the start of the season their third choice quarterback um, yes. It's um you know a fantastic season for them, but you know hugely disappointing. And of course, they've got no one under contract at quarterback next season. No, apart they haven't. Carl Slater, which is hilarious, <laughs> is hilarious. I don't know what they're going to do. How can you have three quarterbacks and none of them under contract? Mm. Well, they're about to find out what to do with that. And uh, well, Case Keenum's the one that's going to get paid, isn't he? Maybe. You think Bridgewater, don't you? I think maybe Bridgewater. I think there's that kind of Chuck Strong mentality going oh, on there, where so. Average. Well, maybe he is. But maybe he would have scored more than seven points in the game. You just don't know now, do you? Uh, maybe he would have pronounced to be knocked out when he got hit in the head. Ooh. I don't know. Um, Look, it's not me making this decision. I'm just telling you that there is you a lot like of sen- there's you... a lot of smolts goes on in this league as well, right? There's you... a lot of people that go, oh, you know, give him a second chance. They didn't play they bad. Did... He just Chuck Pagano got average. four years yeah. after getting cancer. You're being really controversial. I'm not trying to be controversial. They're the ones that put him in there. Yeah, I'd have fired him. Now we can't fire him. So the same thing with Bridgewater. He went down with a a horrific injury. Mm -hmm. And he's finally back and, you know, relatively healthy now. So by next season, he'll be ready to go. But you rated him, didn't you, before he got injured, Bridgewater? You did like him. There were definitely problems in his game. Mm. I don't think he is um, elite or anything like that. You know, in fact, (laughs) I, I would be... I'm not going to put my hang my coat on that peg. No, so, no, I'm not. Okay, I'm not. I'm just telling you that um, 
he can throw the ball. Okay. But you kept saying that despite Keenum having a good season... I thought Keenum when, had a when, good season. When Bridgewater came back, you were like, is he going to play? Yeah. I'm just telling you... obviously really rate him. I've got my finger on the pulse over in Minnesota. That's you obviously what's happening love him, though, don't you? No, I'm just telling you Minnesota fans <laughs> like him. You are failing to, to grasp the fact that some Minnesota fans like Teddy Bridgewater and want to make sure... What they what draft pick you know yeah. whether it was worth it or not and some Steelers fans love him as well so. no 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 okay <laughs> I don't love Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> I'm not I I'm a Patrick Mahomes boy you should pick him up for the Steelers don't need him why don't need him why he could have got seven points in a championship game <laughs> you just said that more than that we actually. didn't get to the championship game well maybe you would have done if you had Teddy Bridgewater maybe Mate, we wouldn't have scored 45 <laughs> points with Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> oh you see that Big Ben's actually said yeah three years he came out, it was a rumour last week, but uh, he wants to play three years. more years. Yeah, Good for him. Good I for don't him. think it's going to be three years. I don't think I he's... Don't think it's be no, three no. Two at best. Yeah. If we're, if we're lucky and he plays at a high level, then two years. Have you got D.O. double bezel and your backup? We do. Is um, he actually third string now? He's still third string at the moment, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll give it another off-season. Okay. Maybe you should trade him for... Because <laughs> you're not a big fan of Dobbs, are you? No, not at all. No, I much prefer Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, congrats to the Eagles for getting to the Super Bowl, which is hilarious because last time they were there, they played against the Patriots. Ah, uh, that's not good. New. No. That's not good. And also, lest we not forget that they're actually going to be going to Minnesota to play a game. Yeah. And are. after what their fans did to the Minnesota guys, that's going to be interesting. You I didn't see any of this? No, I didn't. I switched the game off to... <laughs> this is before the game. This was in the oh, afternoon. Oh, no, I didn't know. I didn't see that. Sorry, so no. before the game, outside, yeah. fans were walking to the stadium, yeah. and there were videos that have surfaced of bottles being thrown at fans. Oh, and God. Yeah. Why? Just, Why the fans? Well, you know, that's what Philly fans are like. Oh, my God, that's outrageous. They should do what they do in certain football stadiums and then, when there's stuff like that, and they don't let them go in. Well, so you're... It It'll was, be an empty stadium, mate, by the looks of it. Oh, just... There were, okay, um, that's, that's been unfair. A lot of Philly fans were really nice. You know what I mean? Ban the whole fans. You don't ban those specific ones. It's tough to catch them. Yeah. But in instances like that, can you imagine if it was just solely a Patriots fan base? There was oh. allowed tickets. That'd be interesting. There were some good stories that came out of Philly fans being welcome into the Minnesota fans, but on the other side, you do get this quite often with them, and there were videos where fans yeah. were being pelted by bottles and... Yeah, it's when you have it's when you see you actually have the the tangible imagery that you know it's not something you're imagining. You, you, there's something there you can view. That's what makes it. Yeah. Um, you know, just so much more polarizing. Yeah, and of course after the game when they are out in the streets mm-hmm. and obviously the businesses have been kind of greasing the the street lamps and stuff so they can climb up stuff. They're still trying to climb up stuff, you know, <laughs> setting stuff on fire. You know. Yeah. It nice. wasn't great. It wasn't it wasn't a really classy move there by. Some of the Philly fans. No. No. And they're, um... You know, so they're going to go they, into they Minnesota. Still got, they still got... Yeah, but they still got to beat... They, yeah. They still got to beat the Patriots. Yeah, but I'm just saying, those fans are now going to be walking into Minnesota. Yeah. Let's just hope the Minnesota fans are a bit more accommodating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's not going to be the whole world against the Patriots. No. Not in that town. Because <laughs> I'm guessing some people that wore purple... They're yeah. going to be rooting for Brady. I'm sure they will be. <laughs> I'm sure they will be. Yes. Interesting point. Yeah. It just came to me after that one because we talked about, oh, it would be great to, uh, our 
one would have been seeing the Vikings against the Jags because that would have been a kind of happy two teams haven't won it before would uh have the Vikings won it before Vikings I don't think they have no so yeah two teams that haven't won it be- say they haven't won it before I'm pretty sure they haven't because it was a big thing when they got knocked out with Favre wasn't it I yeah think that was their best chance of winning one so, yeah, so there we go have. okay so that would have been two teams that never won it before yep Eagles have won it before haven't they yeah, I don't know, mate. Back in the sixties or something, possibly. Yeah, back then. I do think. I don't think they're one of the franchises that hasn't won it. No. So there we go. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, we've got the two teams that we kind of hope wouldn't get there just because they've won it before. And uh, yeah, and we saw, and we saw it. Obviously, it was a, that was a good game though. It was only sort of two points in it. Donovan McNabb threw an interception in the fourth quarter drive to to win the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That was but, um, <laughs> yeah. It's quite funny because they've had about five quarterbacks since Donovan McNabb and, and they're playing against the same quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, that man's never going to die, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> never no. going to age. Nope. nope. Nope, nope, nope. No, yeah. Lost boys. There you go. So there we go. There we go, King. I think we've done enough for this one. I'm because not, we I'm don't not wanna, going to pick, so I'm going to do it next week. When we, we don't want to leak into next podcast where we're talking purely about the Patriots and the Eagles. Yep. And anything else we can think of. Yeah, maybe some draft stuff. A little bit, yeah. Or the XFL. Way too early draft. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this XFL. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see Manziel and Tim Tebow back. I'm excited to see Tim Tebow back. Mm. I'm not sure Manziel will get a play. I'm almost certain he will. Did you see the uh, conference with McMahon? No, because he seemed to first of all ex- expect them to stand for the national anthem. Just get rid of the national anthem. You don't need it. Yeah, but he said it was going to be in their contract that they would have to abide by the rules. And when they were pressed several times about the standing for the anthem, he said, you've got to abide by the rules. And the other one was he wanted the right calibre of player off the field and on the field. Interesting. So anyone that's even got a DUI, he didn't want playing in the XFL. Right. This is not the same XFL that we remember from 2002. So you said Baker Mayfield couldn't go there from college? Not if he's got any any criminal charges. Well, he has, he's got a DUI. Well, you can't play. There's a video that surfaced him getting rugby tackled by a police officer. Right, well, he can't play in the XFL. Uh, okay. So, Justin Blackman, elite no, one. No, 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 no. He can't even watch the XFL. <laughs> he's not allowed within 50 yards of an XFL stadium. It's, um, yeah, okay. Well, fair enough. But I think he's he's him and Tebow in the same league. It'd be amazing. He said he'd like Tebow. He would be more than happy yeah, to see Yeah, because Tebow's not done anything wrong no, ever. Not ever. <laughs> He's super, super religious, but other than that... Yeah. 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 B- bit preach. Other than being a little bit, <laughs> bit preachy. You can't be arrested for that. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> he's all good. Um, yeah. So that's the podcast. Thanks very much, guys, for listening. And make sure you're subscribing if you're not already. I'm sure you are. Um, hit us up on Twitter, at Jim and the King. Obviously, there's no games this week, because no one watches the Pro Bowl. No. Um, but yeah, hit us up on there anyway. Go to jimandtheking.com to check out our latest stuff. Until next week, King. I've been Jim. That's been the King, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah.